What a beautiful picture of what we're going to talk about today. I want to welcome you here this morning, and my name is Maureen Brown, and I serve in children's ministries here, so it's, uh, it's an honor to be here with you this morning. We've been having a wonderful time as we've gone through the, the gifts of Advent. And if you look up here, it's so beautiful. We've seen the gift of expectancy, grace, reconciliation. And today, we get to talk about the gift of adoption. Jackie portrayed that beautifully, that gift of adoption. And many of you have experienced that. And actually, gifts are, are wonderful things. And so when I think of, of gifts, you know, there are two parts to a gift. And I hope you don't mind, but this morning, as I start, I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about gifts that we give at Christmas. I love giving gifts. And I actually hid something under here. There it is. Yeah, it is. I have a gift for someone here this morning. Now, these people are very special to me in our church family. Because I don't know if you know Steve and Cindy, but Steve and Cindy, Cindy serves in children's ministries all the time. She's there right now serving. And Steve was up here in the worship. And so I have a gift for Steve and Cindy. And I know maybe it's not quite the time to give it, but I just thought I want to do it now because I might not catch them afterwards. So Steve, I know, are you in here, Steve? Steve, quickly, let's get this over with right now. Steve? Steve, are you here? Steve? Steve! Oh, I'm so glad. Could you get this? This is for you. I've got this for you. I've got this. Steve! Steve, I, I have a gift for you. For you. For you and Cindy. A gift. Don't, like it's a gift. A Christmas gift. Because I just really appreciate you guys so much. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you're... That's really sweet of you. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. No, like... No, Steve, look at There's candy canes hooked on the side and stuff. Like, it's for you. Thanks. It means a lot. Really. Thanks. Okay. There's two parts of the gift-giving process. There's the giver and Steve. There's the receiver. So when I look at these gifts up here, I want us to think about the two parts of the gift-giving process. The giver and the receiver. You know what? These gifts are beautiful, what we've been talking about. And they might make us feel great. And it's so pretty in here. The lights are so nice. But they can't use the miraculous power that's in them if they are not received. If they are not accepted and opened and received. So we're going to talk about that this morning. And God has given us the great gift of being his children, adopted into his family because of his great act of love for us. And we know what that was. He's, we celebrate him coming as a baby, but we know what that baby did. That baby grew up and died on the cross for you and for me, for us. If you turn with me to Galatians, we're going to be reading from Galatians chapter 4. It's going to be one of our key verses for this morning. And it says this, verses 4 to 7, chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. But when the appropriate time had come, God sent out his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we may be adopted as sons with full rights. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, who calls Abba, Father. 
So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through God. So Paul uses the imagery of slavery in there. And why does he use that? Because um, he says you're no longer a slave, but a son. And it shows that when Jesus came, like people were in bondage to the law. And so thinking that they could be saved by it, they became slaves to it. And Paul uses the, the phrase adopted as sons to write because believers in Rome, were, they would have understood that in a very special way. Under Roman law, if you were an adopted son, you had identical legal rights to a son that was born biologically into the family. Identical legal rights. An adopted son had rights to the family name, rights to the inheritance, had significant legal status. Immediately, it was legal status and privileges. So that's why we've got to be careful. We've got to leave sons in there. Now, sons of God, in no way and by no means is it discriminating against women. We don't need to think that because in Galatians 3, um, he talks about there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. So we don't need to go there, but we need to keep sons there because that meant something under Roman law. That means something to us. And sometimes when we look at passages, we think, oh, we can take sons and we can say children. We got to be careful of that because sons meant something there. And so it really means something for us now. Several things are exciting through this Galatians 4 passage. And I look up there and I say, the words that jump out at me are redeem. Redeem jumps out at me. Those who, they were, he was our redeemer. Adopted jumps out at me. Sons with full rights jumps out at me. And the spirit jumps out at me. As adopted sons and daughters, we can have his spirit within us. This is like unreal. We can have access to that. The ability to call him father. That jumps out at me. An heir. An heir of God. Heir through God. It has been said that um, people have, um, and most people would experience this, that we have common fears. And we have a common fear, and we have a common need. And you know, you might, you might be able to identify with these. And the, a number one fear for most people is a fear of rejection. And a number one need for most people is the need for acceptance. And when we think of that in light of adoption, we could even further define those words to say that rejection could mean like abandoned or left, and acceptance could mean chosen and belonging. Through Jesus and the gift of adoption, our number one fear is abolished, and our number one need is met. And that's something to say hallelujah about our number one fear is abolished, and our number one need is is filled, it's met. We are accepted rather than rejected, chosen rather than abandoned. It's huge. Adoption never just happens. There's nothing like uh, accidental adoption. We can't just drive downtown and then come home and say, oops, someone put a child in my car again. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. It happens with zucchini, but it doesn't happen with children. It just doesn't, it doesn't, there's no accidental. It is intentional. It takes trouble, time, expense, effort, sweat, heartache, and tears, adoption. And for God, it was very costly. It was very costly because he gave his one and only son. So whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's what it cost him. 
was very costly. Many of us have stories of adoption in the human realm. And in our church family here, I know there are many stories, but I want to just share one today about Ian and Heidi Clausen. They know all about the effort that adoption takes and the effort it took to get their precious son, Griffin. They were generous as they were going through that process and they shared what they went through through a blog. And if you haven't read their blog, it's still live and it's powerful. It's powerful. It's called the Growing Clausen Family because they're still growing. They're still adopting. But one of those blogs um, stood out to me when I read it so powerfully. I'll never forget it. And I've asked Ian and Heidi if I can share that post and that entry this morning. And they have given me permission to do that. And I would love to read it to you. And it's from Tuesday, November 19th, 2013. And the title of the blog entry is called Home. We have been home now for about three days, and we are slowly getting rested. They write, we were excited to have our families and some friends greet us at the airport. It was a late night. We got in at 12.35 a.m., so we appreciated it. What a great welcome home. Just six short weeks ago, we left as two of us, and now have come home with the most amazing little boy. What a joy it is to see him in our home and know he's here to stay. We see that he is bonding with us and that we are a place of safety for him. But we also see at times how unsure he is of this new place with new faces and much colder weather. So for the next couple of weeks, and this is the part, I just remember reading it at that time. For the next couple of weeks, we'll be laying low and in some ways cocooning as a family. Number one, I talked about the two biggest ways they were going to work on that bonding. And number one was we will be spending the majority of our days at home with limited visitors. Griffin needs to know what home is and that we are his constant. So we'll be waiting just a little bit longer to visit church, workplaces, and friends' houses. Number two, when we do have visitors or when you meet Griffin... We would love for you to play with him. We so want you to play with him, but we are asking that you step back from picking him up, from cuddling and kissing him, at least for the next couple of weeks. Although we see he is more and more secure in who we are as his parents, we want to make sure he understands that we are his parents and the ones to feed him, to change him, to cuddle him, to comfort him. We want to make sure he's feeling safe. I loved that. Because I loved the intentionality that Ian and Heidi wanted and had to make sure that their son, Griffin, knew that he was their family. He was their son that they would provide, they would protect all that they could, and that he could depend on them and trust them. He had a new family, a new inheritance. He was chosen, accepted. He was their child, their son. 
On earth, adoption gives a child a new name, a new home, a new address, a new history, and a new destiny. The same is true with God's adoption. It gives the child of God a new name. We follow Christ. Christians, we're part of the family of God. A new eternal home, a new eternal address, a new history. Because what we think was a bunch of mess up, it's a new history. It's a new creation and a new destiny. So when I think of Ian and Heidi's intentionality of this, I can't help but thinking and have thought since then of us as believers. What would it look like for us to be intentional about getting to know our Heavenly Father in the same way that Ian and Heidi wanted Griffin to know them? What could that look like? Would we be spending more intentional time bonding? I think we would. And I know lots of you do. I know you do. But it's just, what, what could it look like? Maybe would we get away? Would we spend time with him? That's maybe why we go on a retreat. So that we know him. That we study him. We know his word so we know who he is. And that he's where we run to first. Because I know with Griffin, if anything's going on and something's wrong, it's like, where's my daddy? Where's my mom? It's where he runs first. You know what? I'm not sure some of you know, some of you don't know. We had a really exciting summer in our family this past summer. So in June, our daughter Chanel got married to Brady Platt here from their part of this church. In July, our son Regan, like four weeks later, got married to Lindy, who is his wife. Now Lindy Brown was Lindy Plotkis. And then in August, Lance, our oldest son, and his wife Elise had our first grandbaby, Tate. So that was a packed summer. And for those of you that know me, I might just say I had many moments last summer. Those of you that don't, I'll just quickly tell you, having a moment is when something is happening that's so incredible that you just got to say it. You just got to say, I am having a moment. Now, my family has learned, has taught me to not say it all the time. I can just think it. I can just have it inside. And I feel okay with that. So I have lots inside that they don't know about. Now, some of those incredible moments have happened because of Tate. As I've watched Tate. But I need to tell you, a lot of those moments have happened because I've watched my son Lance and Elise be mom and dad. Lots of them have happened there. And so Lance just recently shared with me about something that happened in their home just the other week. And he said Tate was in his crib and he was kind of fussing a little bit. And Lance went into the room and he was going to do something and he just stepped into the room. And as he stepped into the room... Tate kind of saw, or just Lance's presence in the room did something for Tate. Something changed. And Lance said, you know, our voices, my voice actually does something for Tate. Something changes. And actually, sometimes it's our smell that he likes to smell. That does something for Tate. The thing that was unreal was things changed that night. When he was in the room. And so it makes me think about how we can relate to our Heavenly Father. Because you know what? This morning, he is in the room. He is here with us. Can you hear him? Can you sense him? Sometimes can you smell him? He's in the room. So what does adoption do for us? 
What does it do for us? I'd like to suggest, I mean, many things, but this morning I'd like to suggest three. And the first one is it gives us a new identity. A new identity. We bear his name. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new has begun. And you know, for lots of us, and me, for me, who had a life that, you know what, I wasn't proud of a lot of the things that I went through before I came to know the Lord, but it is so nice for me and redeeming to know that those are redeemed, those are gone. I'm a new creation. I can be renewed, my mind, my heart. I'm adopted. And what does that new identity look like? And I would encourage you to read the entry today in our Advent readings, because there's an entry for December 20th from Val Buron, and it asks this question. If we are truly God's beloved child, why is it that we find ourselves responding to life's challenges with an orphan mentality, one who feels abandoned, one without the Father, feeling unwanted, isolated, and unloved? If we truly believe what the Word says about who we are, then we should hold our heads a little higher. And walk a little taller. And this is not prideful at all. It's just, she says, knowing that all he has and all he is is mine. His love toward me and toward you and toward us is perfect in every way. Because he is the perfect father. The second thing is that that perfect father, adoption, gives us access to that perfect father. And you know, it says, Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we have access to the father by one spirit. God is no longer far away and unapproachable. He's in the room. We have access. He's in us. His spirit is in us. He's in the, we have access to that. And so some of us, and me included... Maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your earthly father. Maybe you're walking that journey right now and not a great relationship with your earthly father. I've shared my testimony before when my father was an alcoholic. And so there was a lot of struggles and a lot of ways that that wasn't good. My earthly father's relationship, we, no, it wasn't good. But our heavenly father, we have access to that. And he can actually heal those things that are going on in our earthly relationships. Like we talked about last week with the gift of reconciliation. God understands, and he can help us with those troubles. And we can get to know our Father. How do we do that? Through prayer, through study, through spending time with him, to really know that he's the one that we can go to. Did our kids understand everything as we taught them? If you've had children, or, did they under- No, but you just kept teaching, kept teaching. So will we understand everything and have this? No, but he'll keep teaching as we get to know him. Last Sunday, we had this incredible evening here at church. Some of you may have been here and some not. But there was a sharing of testimonies for baptism and for membership, and they were powerful. And there was one testimony that when I was thinking of preparation for this message on adoption and our Heavenly Father, it just jumped out at me. And I'd like to invite Allie Thiessen to come to the front. Now, because I asked Allie, Allie, would you share a little bit of your story with us Just a little bit about what you went through a little over a year ago today and what your Heavenly Father has helped you through to get to today. Hi, I'm Ali Thiessen, and I became a member last week. Um, I lost my father and my grandfather last year between the evening of... Uh, November 28th and the morning of December 30th, 2014. 
During the years of my dad's battle with cancer, <clears throat> my family went back and forth receiving the news that his cancer was miraculously cured and that we should be <clears throat> thanking a God that was obviously watching over us, leaving us with um, an immense sense of awe and gratitude and a huge testimony to the power and the grace of God. And then finding out that his cancer has returned numerous times, eventually becoming terminal and leading to his death. Um, <clears throat> which led me to feel so many different things at so many different times and getting all together at once. Um, I felt anger. I felt um, unease. I felt uncertainty. It was a time when I looked at my faith and I knew I was about to make a really big decision. I am very much <laughs> powered by emotions and by feelings, but this was a time when I looked at my faith and I couldn't walk away because in my heart and in my mind, I knew the character of God. It had been engraved on my heart. It had been engraved in my mind. <clears throat> my God is not a God that takes away hope, but he is the hope, the spring that all hope comes from. He is patient when I hesitate, and he calls me by name when I wander. He is my shelter of refuge when I need retreat, and my guide when I am ready to act. My God is that of forgiveness and redemption. He is my strength when I am weak, and my courage when I have none. My God is real, alive, and moving. My God is a God of peace, mercy, and immense grace by which I have been saved. To have been adopted by a Heavenly Father, to me having an earthly father that I had a very positive, very healthy relationship um, means that you belong. You are accepted and you are loved and cherished. No matter your anger and your wanderings, there's a love and a grace that is continuously extended towards you. You are always desired. You are always forgiven. You are always precious. And you always belong. Thank you. You know what? It's okay as family to clap for our sister. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Ellie, for being willing to share that with the loss of her father and her grandfather within one day. Just over a year ago. What a testimony to what your Heavenly Father has done in your life. Thank you. So that's number two. Number three. And Allie could never have gone through this without what adoption gives to us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we can go through things like that and look back and say, I don't know how. But God did it. We have that kind of power. If we reach out and believe in Jesus and receive him, like it says in John 1.12, then this is true for us. But to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The term children, as Ali shared, emphasizes our relationship to the Father. We have a new nature, a new character. We know his character. He wants his character to be part of our character. We can call on him. The warm intimacy that children can have with their parents. Romans 8, 14 to 17 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in, in fear. Again, rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So you might think this morning, you might think, oh, Maureen, you have no clue the life I've lived. I barely fit in my own family on earth. No one wants me a part of that family. I can't imagine being a part of God's family. But that's what's so miraculous about this gift of adoption. Because those things can be forgiven. We can get a fresh start, a new beginning. We can have a new identity. And that's what's so great about the gift of grace, because it's nothing that you can do anyway. No matter how good nor, nor bad, however you want to put that, it's for grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. And God has an adoption plan. And just like Ian and Heidi prepared before they knew about Griffin, God has a plan for you. I would love to read his blog about some of you. And what he would be saying. And how he would want us to be bonding. And what he would say when the entry was home. If you feel unwanted or in love, God says, I have got you. Remember, there are two parts to the gift-giving process. There's the giver and God gave. And then there's the receiver. And we're the receivers. Our lead pastor, Bruce Enns, has another entry into the Advent readings on adoption. And I want to take one statement out of that. And he says, it's comforting to know that we have a heavenly being who had a specific plan to adopt us into his family. We have this incredible standing with God, the creator of the universe, as our father. In addition, we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us and calls out to him, on our behalf with endearing terms like Abba, Father. So as we close and the worship team comes up, just like to ask you this question, and I ask it of myself as well. Are we open to receive this morning? To truly understand our place? When we have Jesus to truly understand our place as adopted sons and daughters. Because I can guarantee you one thing. Our Heavenly Father is in the room. He's in the room. Can you feel him? Can you sense him? Can you hear him? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for these gifts of Advent that we have been able to study and focus on and just learn from you in. And I, Lord, I just thank you for each of these gifts and what they mean to us. What they mean to us when it comes to transformation in Jesus. So Lord, I just pray for each of us that we would look at our hearts this morning and our minds and that we would open up to what you are saying and be open to your presence in this room and be open to hearing your voice this morning. And Lord, I pray for 
those this morning that maybe are feeling like their heart's pounding a little faster. And they're feeling like, oh man, that's talking to me. Lord, I just pray that you would give them the boldness and the confidence to take that step forward and to just reach out to you so that you can do the miraculous work of saving us and the continuing work of having us belonging and feeling adopted into your family. And I ask these things and pray these things in your name, Lord. Amen.